Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is your host, Laura, coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the peaceful mountains of California. Today's episode is the second in the series on music and healing. You don't have to listen to them in order. Each episode stands on its own. However, I didn't think one episode was enough to cover all that is music. Music has always been important in my life. Both my parents loved music, but different genres. But I was the first musician in my family. I took several instruments as a kid, including flute, and started singing at the age of about nine. Although I really wanted to be a pop singer, my parents started me in voice lessons, which were only classical, and that meant learning opera. I knew nothing about it, but took the classes because my teacher promised me that if I was trained classically, I would have the instrument to sing anything. And if you didn't know, Lady Gaga, Christina Aguilera, and Queen Latifah are among the singers that were trained classically, too. In high school, I took music theory and started writing music. In college, I went in on voice and realized that most of the voice majors were mostly people who really wanted to go into opera singing. So I switched my major and graduated with a degree in theory composition. I say all this because I experience music a little differently than the average person. By the time I graduated, I realized I didn't quite want to make music my career. Although I loved it as a consumer and enjoyed performing, I really loved programming these little new things called personal computers. But music has always remained my pastime. I cannot, however, enjoy music while working or reading or studying because my brain has been trained to analyze it, and it's way too distracting. I'm always thinking, oh, that's a major fifth going to a minor second. Oh, now a key change, and it's in 6-8 time, and all that. But we as humans, from the beginning of time, have had a symbiotic relationship with music. It's an integral part of our religions, our culture, our holidays, bonding, and healing. Nowadays, we make playlists for many different things. I have one for working out, one for relaxing, and even one called Goodbye to You for breakups. Inherently, we know that music heals us. What teenager hasn't run into their room and turned on their music when upset? And scientific studies have proven that even humming can relieve stress, boost your happiness, and soothe sinus ailments. Well, humming is always free and it's always with you. I can't say that I have a favorite genre as I appreciate most forms of music, although some a little less than others. I never really got into like thrash metal or schmaltzy stuff. But I enjoy everything from Baroque to rap, from Spice Girls to Sumi Joe. She's an opera singer, by the way, and a really amazing one. Like Bill Protzman said in the last episode, it depends on my mood. Think about your relationship to music. 
I think sometimes we forget that it's there and available when we need it to heal us, to lift our spirits, to calm us, to motivate us to work out. If you haven't done so already, make some playlists on your favorite music player. In my youth, we had radios and record players, but now that we have our smartphones, you can bring your library of music with you wherever you go. Okay, now I feel old. But back when I was a kid, we had the choice of buying the album or buying a single or listening to the radio. But it was the record company's choice which songs would be put out as singles. We didn't have the choice of buying just one song if it wasn't a designated single. I remember when our local record store had a new service where you picked 10 songs, any songs from any album, and they would make a mixtape for you. But you'd have to wait like two weeks for them to do it, and then you'd go back and pick up your cassette. Oh, that was really exciting. (laughs) And now I feel really old. But, you know, that's cool because I appreciate how accessible music is now, literally in the palm of your hand at any time. But what's most important is that you make an effort to listen to the genres that you're not quite familiar with. Expand your horizons. When my daughter was about seven or eight, we created a game when we were both working at our computers in our home office. We would alternate playing a song from our playlists for each other. So my daughter introduced me to artists that I never would have investigated on my own, like Avril Lavigne and Simple Plan and Fall Out Boy and, dare I say, In Sync. <laughs> and I introduced her to the Beatles, Ella Fitzgerald, Billy Joel, and I mentioned those specifically because those are her favorites to this day. So as we played each song, we'd have to announce the title and the artist. And by making it a game and letting her be an equal in the discovery of music, and me discovering hers and her discovering mine, we both found it fun and empowering. We also went to concerts together, something my parents never let me do as a kid. So I made it a point for my daughter to go to concerts at an early age, as long as I accompanied her. But we alternated picking the artists, just as we did in our home. We would go see Simple Plan. Believe me, I've seen them three times. And then she would accompany me to Amy Grant. I'd go to Avril, and then she'd come to Linda Ronstadt. And of course, there were artists that we both loved, like Christina Aguilera, Lady Gaga, and Kelly Clarkson. I tell this story for all the parents out there. Music doesn't have to be a point of contention between you and your kids. Yes, you like different things, but open your ears, and you can definitely make it a bonding experience like I did. Speaking of bonding through music, my guest today is Lauren Mullinax. Isn't that a great name? Lauren is a world-renowned musician who created a new genre of music that helps people become more conscious in solving personal illnesses and world issues. She uses her special techniques on her cello and guitar and voice and combines it with electronic music for a therapeutic experience. 
She calls this Lumid music, a new and future-forward form of music for healing. In fact, the music you've been listening to all along is an original composition by Lauren featured in a NASA documentary called Dawn of Orion. Lauren plays over 10 instruments. Her mission is to help people who are hurt and suffering and to bring hope and peace in times of great despair. Welcome, Lauren, to the Peaceful Life Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Now, tell me how you first discovered music in your own life. Well, basically, the first time I like really, really enjoyed, like, I guess you could say music is um, for some reason, music and movies is kind of what pulled at my heartstrings. Um, so I actually took up cello um, because of the Jaws theme. Oh, that's great. <laughs> So I started in fourth grade and I heard the minor second and I was like, okay, I have to play the cello. It must have been bigger than you were at the time, right? That's a big instrument for somebody that age. (laughs) Yeah. And it's crazy because um, I came home to my parents and I was like, hey, I'm picking up the cello. And um, they're like, what is a cello? (laughs) (laughs) And so um, they ordered me a cello online and my first cello came, we we bought it online. So it got shipped and it was broken when I got it. And this happened right before, because I I went into it in school. So basically what happened was I didn't get to start with all the other kids. And I just, I had a, the first moment that I ever had deja vu was sitting on the stage watching everybody play and feeling like I was left out. Oh, wow. So did you join the school orchestra then? Yeah, it was like a orchestra that several people could be a part of. Like we we ended up um kind of like the extra activity of the school and so I picked up that and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And at what point did you realize that it was going to be your career? Probably 17, 18. So I had actually gone through a lot of trials and I quit my my music altogether at one point in high school. And I ended up coming back to it. I God kind of led me right back to my music and I knew that I was supposed to do something great for the greater good of humanity by picking up my instrument. And that drive is what made me have to start all over from scratch again. And I went to Southeastern University down in Lakeland, Florida, and I had all these bad habits that I picked up for not playing. And so I had to start all over from scratch. And I started practicing eight or nine hours a day. But the reason why was because I knew that I was supposed to do something. And and that also is with hospice work and stuff. Because in high school, I volunteered a lot of my time to working with hospice patients. And I just saw such a tremendous difference in these individuals who were at the end of their life and how much it affected them. And I was deeply moved to start making a difference and playing anywhere. And, and it seems like everybody has their own, own parts to music. You know, it's, it's so powerful. Definitely. You know, this 
episode is about music and healing. Might even be a series of episodes because I'm getting so much good content and <laughs> and some great people that I'm talking to. Tell me about your studying music for healing and transition. Is that true? And tell me about that field and what drew you into that. So music therapy wasn't offered at my school. And I wasn't really quite sure if I had what it took to like emotionally to handle all the patients that I take on passing away because I'm super compassionate and I get really close to people really quick. And so I ended up having one of my mentors and just a deep friend, a dear, dear friend to me getting cancer. And she also, I met her through working with a hospice. She was my volunteer coordinator. Her name is Lori. Mm -hmm. And I went to Moffitt Cancer Facility uh, down in Tampa while, you know, she was battling her cancer. And I brought my guitar and I sang for people while there and kind of got in trouble doing it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) But someone from the back came up and was like, you know, I'm sorry, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I I can't have you being playing in here because people are receiving really bad and for like, you know, they're receiving news that they have cancer in the back. And, Mm. and we just want to be mindful of that. And so, oh, it was so crazy. Because like, though, while I was sitting there right after I had to pack up, all these patients started walking up to me and saying, thank you, you blessed me tremendously. Aww. You have no clue. And that is what moved me too. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that I made a difference just in that day, you know, and because these people are receiving news that they have cancer. And right. So why not have some music in the background to soothe? You know, <laughs> right. it right. makes no sense to tell you to stop. Yeah. So apparently they have um, what they call music practitioners. So they do live one-on-one therapeutic music. And so I actually ended up somehow getting networked into talking to this guy and he suggested to me, um, a program to go into, to start being certified as a music practitioner. When my mom was in intensive care in Denver, um, she had a harpist come in and play for her, and she adored that. You know, it was so tranquil and soothing. And um, I I think I still have a picture of it, which I'll post to the show notes. So what kind of pieces do you choose for these types of sessions? Do you try to go calming and classical, or do you play your original pieces, or sometimes upbeat? How do you go about that? So that's a good question, too, because so going through this program, they've taught like there's five different, you know, patient conditions Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of figure out where a patient is within the first few minutes of meeting them. And then you play to their condition and then you're able to lift their mood using Like, so if they're really depressed and they seem like their room is dark, you kind of want to start off having more of a minor tone, Mm. but then you eventually start making your way into a uplifting, like, you know, majors. That's interesting. So you match their mood at first and then you go into starting to change it. Yeah, yeah fascinating so but the thing is not all 
you can't do that with everything. I mean, a lot of people, they have their repertoire and Mm -hmm. what the songs that they do know. And so with a dying patient, they were instructing us to do um, like unrecognizable music and like utilizing silence, like a lot of silence. And I was trying to understand this, like with some of the patients that I've worked with, I've tried that technique. And in the moment, like a person's going to feel called to do a certain piece. And I had a conversation yesterday with a woman who also did the program. And she was telling me that she actually played Amazing Grace Mm. and had a patient die yesterday. And she said that moment was very beautiful though yeah absolutely and so I was like thank you for telling me that because I've been wanting to just I want to be able to not feel like oh you have to play only unrecognizable music yeah you'd think that it would bring them comfort to hear something that they know yeah I guess it depends like I guess that what they are trying not to do is like pull someone back into their body if they're extremely suffering I see and I get that but yeah. also, I mean, I think you're, you just have to be mindful of a patient's condition and if they're doing good or if they're doing bad. I have a friend who's in a vocal group who does that. They go to um, retirement homes and or people who are in the hospital or end of life. And it's like a group of five to eight women who just sing. And I can't imagine anything better than that. It would be like right. like hearing the angels, you know? Absolutely. And that seems to it would be very comforting. Yeah. Nobody wants to die alone, too. So. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, something that I read in, in an article that you sent me is that stringed instruments and sometimes like some t- of the reeds, like the saxophone, have a very close timbre to the human voice. Mm, Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you were talking about that's why we respond to, like, the lower stringed instruments or the reeds, like the saxophone, because it sounds like a person. It has the same timbre as a person's voice. And so subconsciously, we pay attention to it and we react to it. And it, it speaks to us emotionally. I totally agree with that. Vibrations are just, it's so interesting. And that's what I'm trying to do more research. And yesterday, I've been helping out with hurricane victims in the panhandle. And I went to what they call Ground Zero. um, And it's a donation spot and where people come from the community. And I took out my guitar and I just started singing to them. And I feel like just the vibration and just the music helped put them in such a better mindset, just uplifted their spirits. And I could tell like they were smiling. They were just interacting with the music and it was so beautiful. And so that's kind of been like my heart as of right now is like just wanting to help, you know, whoever I can and to have a person come in with an instrument instead of like you got to be mindful also of the fact that these people who are in the hospitals, they're hearing beeping, they're hearing people down the hall screaming. 
Absolutely. It's not a happy place, especially orally, you know, A-U orally. <laughs> um, it's scary. You're right. There's beeping, there's machines, there's the intercom coming over. And even the last time I spent in the hospital, there was a man screaming down the hall and he wouldn't stop, you know. Mm -hmm. So it must be nice to have that comfort. What is the next step in your career? Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, I am trying to hone in on my giftings with playing cello and guitar and singing. And I want to create this new genre of music creating, I should say, I'm creating, I'm not mm -hmm. trying, I'm creating, right, you are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because um, in my therapeutic sessions, I'm able to see such a result from people. And I would love to do like have recordings out there available to everybody to be able to stream and to hear and have the same therapeutic results. Well, Lauren, thank you for joining me in the Peaceful Life podcast. I'm so grateful that you've chosen to give this amazing gift to others who need it. I hope you know how spectacular you are. I don't want you ever to forget that. Thank you so much. And how can people find you online? You can search for me on social media platforms like Facebook, and it's Lauren Mullinax. M-U-L-L-I-N-A-X. And you can also look up lumidmusic.com. I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Well, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. I hope this series on music and healing has encouraged you to make music more prevalent in your own life. Turn it on while you're cooking, working out, gardening, or meditating or driving. A lot of us love to listen to music in the car. Make playlists for your different moods. Some believe music is a gift from heaven, and yet when we pass, we won't hear it anymore because music is completely man-made. So enjoy your time on earth. Turn on your favorite music, rock out, or even make some. This is Laura, and you've been listening to the Peaceful Life Podcast. If you have feedback on this or any other episode, contact me at laura at thepeaceful.life. For our full library of episodes and all the show notes, go to www.thepeaceful.life. Have a wonderful, musical, and peaceful week. Oh